everyone, welcome back once again to the Intercast. Today, for the second episode, we are going to talk about China. And today, we are going to precisely focus on the change in China status in the mid-1950s. And before we begin, I wanted to thank Azalis again for sharing her notes on the history of China. Okay, so let's start with the Geneva Conference in April 1954. So it was quite a desperate situation. There had been a ceasefire in Korea in July 1953 and the defeat of the French in Indonesia in March 1954 during the Battle of Dinh Binh Phu. The People's Republic of China was invited to this conference and it was the first time that they were not put aside of international conferences. So this was regarded as a victory for the PRC and a humiliation for the USA, who did not recognize the PRC as a state. The Soviet Union was represented as the most important communist state, even after Stalin's death in 1953. New relationships were established between the USSR and China, known as the Sino-Soviet Honeymoon. Uh, The two countries were now economic partners, uh, and this led to the first official visit of a Soviet leader, Nikita Khrushchev, to China. Following this, from uh, 1953 to 1958, the first five-year plan was established in China, and the Chinese adopted the Soviet economic model, which was modernization and socialist industrialization. China was gaining legitimacy to the eyes of the USSR, and they went from being a client state to a junior partner. Uh, They were protected by the atomic umbrella of the USSR and attempted to reconquer Taiwan. So China also held a close friendship with North Vietnam and North Korea, and it was finally restored as an important Asian power. Let's move on now to the Bandung Conference, which happened in April 1955. It was the first large-scale Afro-Asian conference organized by uh, Southeast Asian states to promote economic and cultural cooperations. There were debates around the Soviet policies in Eastern Europe and Asia and around Western colonialism in the newly independent countries. The final communique said mutual respect for sovereignty and territorial integrity. So uh, it promoted non-aggression between states and economic cooperation for mutual benefits. China was willing to place itself as a leader of these nations, the third world, Uh, contrasting with the first world, capitalism, and the second world, communism. So the international power of China was increasing. But the Chinese victory had a cost. Uh, The USA reacted to this communist threat by offering support to non-communist state because President Eisenhower feared the domino theory, according to which the loss of Vietnam after the Vietnam War would lead to numerous defeats in southeastern Asia. So there was the emergence of the bamboo curtain to avoid the expansion of communism. Uh, It was a political demarcation of communist and capitalist states in southeastern Asia. And the Bandung Conference was a step to the creation of the non-aligned movement created in 1961. So let's move on to the non-aligned movement. It was established in the Belgrade Summit in 1961 and some countries were not willing to uh, choose between the NATO and the Warsaw Pact, so the bipolar paradigm was uh, resisted by some newly independent countries. So that's what happened, for example, with the Treaty of Friendship, uh, the cooperation and mutual assistance 
uh, signed in 1955 between the USSR and other socialist republics from the Eastern Bloc. They were attempting to resist colonialism in all forms and promote Afro-Asian cooperation. And one of the primary leaders was Gamal Abdul Nasser, who later would become the leader of Egypt. It was a period when the world's focus was on the Middle East, allowing the non-allied movements, uh, non-allied nations, to gain power and show their importance. In 1956, the Suez Crisis happened, uh, so Egypt decided to nationalize the Suez Canal, and uh, the French and the British attempted to gain it back. It was a humiliating withdrawal, and uh, the American decision to stop financing an important project for Egypt caused Nasser to block a part of the Suez Canal, causing an outrage from the British and the French, and the United Nations had to intervene and to calm the conflict. This event helped to accelerate decolonization because there was decreasing political influence in colonies. And this showed the importance of the emerging non-allied nations and their ability to put countries in difficult positions, as well as using and manipulating tensions between the countries for their own profit. That's all for this episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it and we'll catch you in the next one, uh, which will be on the Sino-Soviet split.